Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres, and uh, we are here for another week, right, Ruben? Yes, we are. Back another with, uh, week. Another right, and another week has has gone by, and um, uh, so much is, is happening. You know, and every day, you know, we get articles sent to you and, and all this, and um, I, I do want to talk a minute about the um, nonprofit because uh, our guest who's coming on the radio, and I believe he's here, he's checked in here, um, uh, is, has experience with nonprofits. And um, you know that studentsforabetterfuture.com is a nonprofit. We are endorsed by the IRS. And um, I think, Ruben, when the first time I met you, we weren't endorsed by the IRS yet. And um, we, like anybody else, were getting kicked around. We had the name Campus Tea Party, um, you know, and that, but that was gone. It just didn't have a ring with students. This name, Students for a Better Future, definitely has a ring with students. And, um, you know, and um, when we set up the nonprofit, um, you know, it was a little tricky. Um, And our guest, John Scott, uh, who has experience with this stuff, and also, by the way, I want to mention, um, he ha- he was the um, Republican uh, Party nominee against Patrick J. Kennedy in Rhode Island's first con- uh, congressional district in 2006 and 2008. And um, he has experience both as a candidate and with nonprofits. And I do want to tell you, when we set up our nonprofit, it took about two years for us to go through the hump with the IRS and, and get organized and do what we needed to do. And um, yes, we received questions from the IRS, um, but we were able to handle them. And um, the purpose of us setting up a nonprofit was because uh, if you're a, a C3, which we are, um, and I do want to make this clear to everybody, that your donations are tax deductible. So, um, you know, and and especially we have this human trafficking thing coming over here. Well, not here, just everywhere. It's everywhere, right, in, in the United States, right, Ruben? Right. Um, you know, and, you know, it takes a lot of funding to, to beat this stuff. Um, so... Ruben, I know you're you're thinking over there. You're thinking what to say, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I know it, it's it's just the way that it is. Uh, but let me introduce our guest, John. Can you hear us? I can. I can. Can you Welcome hear me? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Thank show. Thank you John. for having me. Thank you for and having me. Good to be back. 
Yes, the last time we spoke, we were not a 501c3, but since then, we, we got our status. And I do know you have experience with nonprofits, correct? I do. I've uh, I've advised quite a few nonprofits, both um, both political operations and, and non-political um, entities. But uh, yeah, I've been been through the the gamut. I'm actually it's one of my claims to fame listed in uh, Who's Who in America for my work with nonprofits. So, um, I, I just wanted, wanted to ask you, and actually before we get into the realm of the political stuff, what's the real difference between? I know the IRS has C three, C four, C five. Right and and what's the is it fundamental difference like between a five hundred one c three and a c four? Uh, two two big things. Um, one would be um, well, actually three big things. One would be um, uh, reporting issues. One would be funding issues, where the funding comes from, and the third is political operations. So a five hundred one c three cannot um, do any political lobbying whatsoever. Um, whereas some other entities can, um, and, um, so, so you end up with a, you end up with a, an organization that, that can do like, um, I, I was part of the group that started Ocean State Policy Institute, uh, Ocean State Policy Research Institute, which was a, um, liberty-minded think tank in Rhode Island. And, um, great organization and, and the primary responsibility of that organization was as a 501c3 think tank coming up with policy initiatives for um for rhode island uh there was another very small piece of that that was lobbying to get those those policy initiatives through and in order to do that you create sort of a, a another entity or or a um or a series of entities to to sort of do that so you see that happen um, around the country where you have symbiotic relationships between uh, 501c3s, uh, uh, C4s, um, and sometimes uh, a 527, which is a purely political uh, candidate supportive organization. So on the political realm, you can kind of create a, a bit of a symbiotic relationship between a number of those, those types of organizations. Well, we have a symbiotic relationship with AFP over here, mm-hmm. um, and because they do, um, uh, the part of them is a 501c3. Um, it's kind of hard for for us to sometimes work with a 527. I notice. Um, yeah, go ahead. Do they endorse candidates? Five five two seven can endorse candidates. Well, um, yes, they can. They they a five two seven is is they don't endorse candidates uh, um, usually specifically, but they will endorse issues surrounding that candidate. So if you have one candidate who is um, very pro Common Core, say uh, a sitting a sitting senator, or a sitting congressman, and um, you have a challenger. Who is against Common Core, and a 527 uh, raises money on the issue. Usually, usually not always, but usually mm-hmm. will raise money on an, on the issue, and then put out ads saying, knocking the candidate, the the incumbent, for his stance on Common Core. So there usually be issue. Usually will be single issue focused 527s that um, 
um, go after candidates on their weakest issue or the or the issue in the district that that is um, that is going to be weakest for that candidate. So. Um, well, I I think we we're safe on the radio because Ruben and I we hate everybody, all the candidates, right? <laughs> <laughs> we be blessed everybody. You're not alone. You know that may be one of the reasons that that we're watching Donald Trump kind of fly in the polls. Um, I, a lot of people are where you are, so it's uh, a common right, theme. And, and that's what we're going to kind of discuss tonight. Um, you know. Uh, and, and Ruben, do you want to go first with some questions? Go ahead. Are you there, Ruben, or did we lose you? Jonathan, uh, welcome uh-oh. to uh, Jonathan, welcome. Ruben, how to are you? Show. I'm doing fine. How thank are you? Yourself? Thank you. I'm great. Well, I'm great. Uh, the humidity's humidity's dropped here in Massachusetts a little bit, and um, uh, so it's it's a it's a pretty good night. It's pretty good night. So I, I hear you're running for. Uh, the mayor's uh, position in, in, in Providence. I'm not. Yeah, actually, some dates. Uh, uh, as a candidate, it was in 2010, and it was as uh, mayor of Providence or for mayor of oh, Providence okay. uh, on an independent ticket. I ran in um, 06 and 08 against Kennedy. I was Kennedy's last uh, challenger, thank- thankfully. Uh, um, he left and, and went into private private life. Um and then in 2010, I was I was asked to run for mayor of Providence. Did that as an independent and um, ran into a juggernaut that was the, the first ever Latino candidate for mm-hmm. mayor of Providence in into the first in the year when Latino votership went to 61 percent. So that means I'm right. the last Irish idiot that ever runs for mayor of Providence. So we're <laughs> done 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 with well, that. Well. I, I know a little about Providence and uh, the state of Rhode Island. I mean, I took my son for um, when he was a junior. He um, Brown University was interested in in him, so we visited we visited the city of Providence and um, we went to Pro, uh, Providence College and Brown. Mm-hmm. I noticed I noticed that yeah. The dem- demographics ha- have changed. Um, a large percentage of Hispanics are Dominicans, and the, the last two, I think the, the last mayor and the current mayor are, are Dominican background. I think 38.1% of the uh, Hispanics, the majority of them are Dominicans. When uh, one, spot on. Yeah, when, when at one time it was Portuguese and Lithuanian, Eastern European, uh, so it's, it's pretty difficult, especially um, since the city of Providence is uh, also a sanctuary city. It is. That um, actually happened under under David Cicilline originally, um, who uh, predated my ra- my entrance into the race. Um, he uh, is actually now has Patrick Kennedy's seat, and um, so he got a promotion after almost bankrupting the city and turning it into a sanctuary city. But you're you're exactly right. It was um, it, it, it is a sanctuary city and um, uh, very Dominican, huge Dominican festival. Most of the Dominican population uh, there is is great, and, and you know there's a there's a positive kind of um, ethnic atmosphere to the city. I, I count it as one of the truly great cities uh, around. Oh yeah, small small yep. enough to be manageable, large enough that that it's a city. Uh, the the food as you experienced probably when you were there, Ruben. First class, yeah. all the way. Uh, restaurants incredible. 
Uh, oh yes, a lot of potential, a lot of potential, but uh, uh, wasted and, and stuck in an ep- economic mire that uh, it just can't get out of by repeating the same policies over and over. Somebody needs to sort of yes. um, be the one to put their foot down, okay. um, change things. John, on the um, just on the issue of um, sanctuary cities, is the current mayor for that? Um, as far as I know, yeah, Mayor Alorza um, is is sort of continuing that process. Um, I mean, I think you're starting to see the the, the very concept of, of sanctuary cities um, play out on more of a national level and, and somewhat in the court systems. And so that, that will start to make determinations. But um, um, as far as I know, so, Mayor Alorza has continued that policy, yeah. Has the de- demographics changed for your school system too? Um, I'm not there anymore, but uh, I, I'm in Plymouth, Massachusetts now, America's hometown. Um, <laughs> back to my back to my family oh. roots. Um, uh, but um, I, what you know, when you're a deposed leader, what do deposed leaders do? They head for the ocean and hope that somebody will pick them up in the longboats. And I got <laughs> I got to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and I never got picked up and taken away back to England or anything. So I'm I'm living here in exile, pretty much. Uh, that's that's my <laughs> my lot in life. Um, uh, yeah, the, the school, the school system is, um, is, is very much under pressure during it's, it's, uh, um, uh, probably one of, if not the most critical piece in the economic redevelopment of the city and the state, really. I mean, you look at a, an overburdened school system and you've got, you're trying to rebuild an economy and you have, uh, you know, the pressures on the school system lead to, um, really unskilled labor it's this weird kind of um tale of two cities and as much as as you noticed ruben Mm -hmm. brown university providence college RISD, um i mean just all these incredible incredible colleges there um and you know university of rhode island down in kingston just a number Mm -hmm. of things going on and this great great academic college level stuff and you have this this city school system that's tremendously under pressure, and you have an economy trapped in the middle because it it doesn't seem to to get up to the 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 level of of what's going on in the universities, and it's 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 caught of sort of caught in that that um, you know that downward spiral. So, 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 I mean, well, so now you uh, right, it's almost you know it's like um, even Newark. Even the cities here in, in New Jersey, they've gone in this downward spiral. Um, and if you recall, about three or four years ago, um, Mark Zuckerberg donated a ton of money to North Public Schools here, and it didn't do much, you right. know. And uh, North is a sanctuary city too, and well, it's got yep. pretty high, yeah, it's got pretty high crime, and we've yep. had issues with Ill- illegals killing um, the people that live there. So l- let me ask you this. What, what is your take on the, um, uh, the current immigration status with, um, you know, because our immigration system is broken? H- how do we go about fixing this? I, you know, I think, um, you know, on my on my analyst side here, I, I look at it and say, I think that's one of the things that's driving uh, Donald Trump's campaign. Certainly, that's the issue that 
he's put front and center. And, and you think of it as a, um, not a 2016 issue. You think of it as more a 2012 issue, 20, 2008 issue. Um, uh, but it's very real. It's still there. It's very, and, and, and we were talking about this in 2008 in 2007, when I was running for Congress against Kennedy, I went to the border in Nogales, Arizona, and I, I, I took a trip through the, um, down to the, the actual border in the desert, through the desert. And I had guys, um, with me, um, from the border patrol who were fully armed with machine guns. And, um, the, the, the thing that kept coming up was they kept saying, if you see a flash in the hills, um, that's a spotter for, for drug dealers. And so that became a, you know, it became a very, very real issue after going there. You go to what they call these layup areas down there and um, they dump their knapsacks and their clothes and get into uh, street clothes so that they can assimilate into the population in, in Arizona when they get there. And you see bras on trees. And, and the guys explained to me that those are rape trees, that the, the coyotes that bring up um, folks from Mexico uh, that are supposed to be entrusted with their safety coming up um, uh, rape young women. And they put the, the bra in the tree in the, or in the bush as a symbol of that's they're marking their territory. Um, huge issue, obviously huge. Um, and, and, and filtering up into New England as well. Um, which is why uh, Donald Trump is, is so, you know, in the, in the forefront. Um, we have, we have laws that we can use to enforce them. And the problem is that you have, um, you have mayors like David Cicilline uh, in Providence putting in, in basically policies that say we're going to ignore the laws of, uh, of the United States. One of the things I think we do is we always default to say we need to put more laws in. We do need to do more of this. We need to do more regulation. We don't. We need to enforce what we've got on the books. Um, will a wall help? Yeah. Will it be a huge expense at a time when we can't expend that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are ways to deal with that within the system the, the way that we have it. Um, but we need to enforce the laws and we need to, to sort of make that a, a priority and an issue that we're 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 focused on it yeah. in some way. Yeah, because every time the, we bring this up, the liberals say, "Oh, you know, you are anti-immigration," and you know, and they make up names, and, and we're all racist. But I'll be honest with you, um, you know, I, I mean, I I do prefer legal immigration, you know, and and those who abide by the law, who come in through our airports and and whatnot, you know, and and. Um, even a, a wall, um, yep. you know, to, to help curtail it. But the government's main purpose is to take care of its own citizens. And another thing is the jobs. You know, they're taking jobs away from, from those who are already here, you know? Uh, yeah, so. to a certain extent, I think they are. To, to a certain extent, they're taking jobs that, that sort of uh, Americans aren't filling. My, my issue with it, the one I look at, is the most important from the economic standpoint. Um, I, I'm a Milton Friedman guy. I don't know if you know if y'all, if your listeners sort of read much Friedman or, or know his policy. Um, I'm assuming they do. Um, but uh, Friedman Friedman used to say that you can either have a welfare state um, or open borders. You can't have open borders and a welfare state. 
can't have the two. They don't work together in as much as um, uh, if, if people can come over here and it's just about industriousness. And that's the tradition that you talked about before, the, the Irish, the, the Lithuanians, the Italians, the, you name it. Um, uh, in, in Wood Island, uh, the Liberians coming over from Africa um, came over legally in, in, a, in a political um, treaty that, that sort of made Rhode Island into a sister city. Coming over, working really hard, jobs, doing things uh, legally, um, taxes, all that. The problem is when you put in a system where you have a sanctuary city and you allow um, welfare payments, you allow free college, you allow um, uh, food stamps, you allow, and all of a sudden the, the rest of the economy has to sort of support those folks, that's when, that's when the open border policy becomes a problem. Up until that point, they're going to fill in for, for things that, that people aren't doing. They're going to support the economy. They're going to make the economy better. When you give people the opportunity to just come in and get the free ride, that's when you end up with trouble. And that was always well, Friedman's kind of point, and, and I, I go with yeah. it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big... I'm a big uh, Milton Freeman, Austrian economist. I believe in all of that. I, but I also want to bring up um, uh, another, uh, well, basically the same point. I mean, I've also been on the border. I have family mm -hmm. that um, actually patrol, they patrol the, uh, the border patrol officers in in uh, Laredo, Texas, right on the, oh. on, on, the, on the border. I've been to the Tough border. Spot. Yes. Yeah. So I, I and the spotters, we can see them from from the the, the American side. Uh, we can see them when they're basically um, keeping an eye on uh, on the border patrol officers. Um, but I think the, the, the I think I'm going to go a little or one step more. Uh, be, besides the border, we also have to curtail the HB1 visas. That's number one. Number two. Most of the people who are here illegally are also coming via, uh, you know, airport or port entries, and they're staying here. Mm -hmm. So basically, that has to be upgraded because there is a percentage that is coming across the border, but there's even a greater percentage that's coming through our airports and through our port entries. Uh, mm -hmm. Then that needs to be that needs to be. Uh, basically um, upgraded that whole process. The E-Verify needs to be upgraded too because uh, and, and, and harsh penalties should be inf implemented against businesses that will allow illegals to to basically um, get a job. And uh, in regards to what, what Doreen said about that, you know, the liberals will call individuals uh, races because they they're against immigration. No, no, they have twisted the whole narrative. They say immigration. It's not immigration. It's illegal immigration. You know, right. I don't think there's too many people that are against legal immigration. So when a, lib a liberal says to me, "Well, you're against immigration," no, no, I'm not. I'm I'm against I'm, I'm against and I'm opposed to illegal immigration. Okay. Which basically, if you don't protect your border, you don't have a country. Right, right, and oh. and that's a that's a common theme. That's a um, and you're you're hitting on something 
um, in, in my business, it's, it's very important, Ruben. Um, and I think it's something that's lacking uh, in whether you're a fan of Republicans or not, you know, whether your listeners are a fan of Republicans or not, um, that's something that's very much missing in the Republican Party right now is that that communication and, and being very clear about the communication and the way they say things. And I think sometimes we we don't um, you can say something that is very conservative and say it in a moderate way and people will understand it. Or you can say something that's um, even moderate in a very conservative way um, that will mm-hmm. turn people off. And so we need to right. learn as Republican candidates how to um, how to, to sort of lay out our, our, our theory, our plans um, without offending. And I think we, we that's why we've caught on to that, you know, party of no kind of moniker that, that we've gotten stuck with. Um, and you hit you hit right on it right there. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I want to add in on that, um, and you always say the Republicans are the party of no. That's because the Republicans suck at PR. If they would get mm-hmm. ahead on the PR, okay, um, they wouldn't have to be the party of no. The Democrats mm-hmm. would be the party of no, okay? They can try to pass good, comprehensive um, uh, immigration reform and then have the Democrats be the party of no, you know? Um, they, they have never mastered the public relations of that. And I don't know if it's because they they um, just are don't know how to or, um, you know, they're being torn apart and every little thing aggravates them. Um, well, I, you know, I, I, I would I would tell you that that um, I, here's a little I, I don't know if people like. You know, they always you always said nobody likes knowing how the sausage is made, and I, I'm going to tell you a little bit how the sausage of how the sausage is made right now. Then we get into all these rancorous battles in uh, in Washington, is because from a media standpoint, they make consultants rich. If everybody gets along, and we don't have to throw negative ads up on the television every every two years. Um, then consultants, people like myself who make percentages of advertisement buys, um, and media outlets who cover candidates, none of us make money. And so really it's about money. There's a reason that there's, you know, six out of the eight top richest, um, uh, counties in, in the United States surround Washington, DC. And it's because the political process is designed to get all of us rich. So we start to say, we start to say things in a very negative way so that the other guy says something way, and then we have to defend that and then they defend us and we defend and they defend and we defend and they defend and it goes on and on at infinitum. The, um, meanwhile, we're all getting 3% of every ad buy that goes out there. So very lucrative game. Part of the reason you, you have this entrenched, uh, the, the candidates will change over year, the years. The, the Congress critters themselves will change over the years. But the consulting very is the same and those of us that are that are still doing that get get very very wealthy off of it so um one of the reasons but that, i will tell you that you know and i've listened to to my followers and um uh one of the reasons why they're saying they like trump is because he is very forceful and he says what's on his mind hmm. you know and, yeah different and different thing there he's the not power. he's not scripted 
he's not scripted negative. That's, you know, that, I think that's the, it's funny, you look at the polls right now and you see, you know, really on the top of the Republican polls, um, you see Donald Trump and you see uh, Ben Carson. Um, Cruz has made a push after the, um, after the last debate, and he resonates the most with the traditional base because he is that Christian conservative kind of um, candidate that, that ticks off all the boxes. Um, uh, but Trump person, um, Carly Fiorina, after her de- debate process, has, has made a real push. On the other side, this is the interesting thing to make. On the other side, I predicted this, um, by the way, six months ago. Um, uh, Hillary's dropping and Bernie Sanders is coming up. Bernie Sanders is certainly their most outside-of-the-box candidate um, and the most non-traditional candidate. And so I think you see voters on both sides of the aisle, uh, Doreen, saying enough is enough. We, we want somebody that speaks from the heart. Say what you want about Bernie Sanders. He, he is a democratic socialist. He says that himself. Um, uh, but he speaks from the heart and he splits. He'll, he'll say some things that are very, very different from, from what, um, what other candidates say. And even he'll, he'll break from democratic socialism. Uh, my, my, um, my mentee, um, uh, who is probably listening right now, um, has delights in, in getting, dropping tidbits of information in places where I agree with Bernie Sanders. Um, it, it's a bizarre thing that John Scott and Bernie Sanders are agreeing on anything, but um, I used to agree with Paul Wellstone on some things too. So um, Sammy loves it when, when, I, when I drop... Uh, uh, when, when he drops something that, that I agree with Bernie Sanders on. So I think people are, are getting ready for that. I want that outside of the box thing. Does that last through the whole cycle? Eh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, but but I right don't know now, the country could use another socialist in there. Right now, we're regulated at everything. But right <laughs> the devil, I, I almost take the, 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 the standpoint uh, uh, during that, the devil you know is worse than the devil you don't. And I tell you what, I, I, you know, I'd rather I know what Bernie Sanders is about. Hillary Clinton, um, you know, let's talk about whether Vince Foster ended up in a trunk in a park in Washington D.C. That you don't know what's going on there. What's going on with the emails? You don't know. Um, you know, Bernie wears it on his, on his sleeve at least. Um, Donald Trump wears it on his sleeve. Um, and Ben Carson is probably one of the most brilliant men to ever run for president of the United States. Um, it's not a political, uh, you know, political player by any means. But as he said, he's probably the only presidential candidate that's ever separated Siamese twins. I kind of like that. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, um, now that we're, we're analyzing um, the Democrats, I mean, we have the Democrats, um, is increasing by the minute. Uh, we got Hillary, we got Bernie, we have uh, Peter, Peter O'Malley, former governor of the state of Maryland. We got uh, former Senator Lincoln Chafee from the state of uh, Rhode Island. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm mm-hmm. glad you mentioned Link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have some Senator, fun with that candidacy in a minute. Yeah, Senator, uh, former Senator uh, James Webb from the state of Virginia. Hopefully. Uh, Joe Biden will be running uh, also, and maybe Al invented the internet. Gore will be uh, <laughs> joining the group. 
You know, uh, they're, they're basically, at, at this moment, I think, and I'm being hilarious and, and, and sarcastic here, I think, I think they're, they're, they, they want to catch up to the Republicans who have 17 candidates. <laughs> so they're, trying to, they're trying to get as many, as many. They, they feel left out. They feel left out with the American people. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, I, 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 it's not like serious. spread uh, your sorry, money sorry. base around, right? right? Yeah, I, I, I'm a, on a serious note, on a serious note, I think that uh, the, the the Hillary folks are looking at Bernie Sanders and they're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy who's 70 years old, he's been entrenched mm-hmm. in the United States Senate. He has seen so many bills passed by, you know, against, let's audit the, the Federal Reserve, and he basically looked the other way. They are going to come out attacking him very soon because they cannot allow this man to overtake having the first woman president of the United States. What do you think about my analysis? Uh, yeah, um, they, they will. They'll have to go into it. I see, and you and you touched on it. Um, Ruben, with, with you know, sort of talking about some of the guys that that might be um, dropping their hat into the ring. Um, there's a dynamic going on in Washington, I think, behind the scenes um, that that's that's kind of interesting. I think you, um, you know, the, the Clinton camp sort of um, is playing a lot of defense right now, and so if they're going to go on the attack against um, uh, Senator Sanders and try and knock him down. Um, they need to get on the offense, and the problem is that that that's tough to do when you're playing defense 24/7. Now, who are they playing defense from? They're not necessarily playing defense from from the Sanders camp or from a Maui who hasn't been heard of. Um, and honest to God, Link Chafee, his only key issue is changing us over to the metric system. Um, I, I, you know, wow. Um, I, I, I could do an hour show on Link Chafee. Um, but so at any rate, <laughs> I could tell you stories from the campaign trail. I, I, he was running for U.S. Senate in, in six when I was running for for Congress. Um, um, so um, at any rate, he's not under attack from, or, or um, she's not under attack from from her opponents, she's under attack from, in essence, the U.S. government, who's doing sort of these, you know, um, you know, really, it's it's Department of Justice, um, the Attorney General's office, and, 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 you know, state and everything else that are digging in, doing these studies. That's, that comes back to President Obama. President Obama doesn't particularly like, um, uh, the Clintons, as we know, that's a, a common knowledge sort of thing. And um, I think that's where you see the Biden presidency come out of, the Biden candidacy come out of. is you know, the interesting place where Hillary's fading, she's getting knock, 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 knock. Bernie's up there. And then you, you could see a scenario where Biden gets in because Hillary's dropping. And then he sort of gets the establishment position. And now he can go on the offense against Sanders because he's not damaged by all those those attacks about his email and and uh, his Benghazi issues or or whatever because he doesn't yeah. have those issues. 
you know. So um, so it's interesting the dynamic that's going on there. John, I want to ask you about Carly Fiorina now, mm-hmm. um, because I think she's a, a smart woman, you know. Um, but it seems to be every time a female, a conservative female, gets out there and is not either on the ticket, uh, they are totally chastised. So, mm-hmm. what, what's your opinion uh, on that? I, you know, it's 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 funny, Dorian. That, that I grew up um, um, thinking of the Republican Party really as the party of of the woman. You know, it was a, a good friend of mine's mother, Susan Farmer, um, was uh, Secretary of State and later Lieutenant Governor in, in, in Rhode Island, and um, just very successful. And 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 you know, that was the place for women to go because the Democrats were sort of the entrenched union groups, and and you know, it was sort of the the, the bastion of the the working class male in a lot of ways. And um, and so women fought for the Republican Party, and the, in Rhode Island at least, um, they Claudine Schneider um, was was another person. Lila Sappensley uh, was the Senate um, State Senate Majority Leader in Rhode Island. Republicans were the party of women. Always was that tradition. Always was that first Republican um, or first woman to serve in the in the um, in the U.S. Senate uh, was a was a woman from the Republican Party. So it was a place of opportunity. Should still be, but um, you've ch- seen this change post Reagan um, of of dynamics and uh, in the Republican Party, and along with that, sometimes you know um, uh, female candidates get short shrift. And on top of that, you have pretty much a media establishment that that doesn't want to allow Republicans to put women front and center, um, and. So that that leads to the situation that you've got. Fiorina is a and a tremendously yeah, capable uh, uh, person. Yes, and I don't think if the race were between Carly Fiorina and Hillary Clinton, I truly believe that the the media would just go after Carly. Um, you know, like they did to Sarah Palin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I, I think Sarah Sarah Palin had some had some gaffes that'll that opened up um sort of uh areas for them to go after her on um Fiorina just seems a very very polished uh um particularly when it comes to foreign affairs issues um she's done international business kinds of things and she knows world leaders left and right and she's negotiated with them and and you know that's, she's very very polished on on foreign affairs and that's that's a huge asset tough for media in a way I, you know I, I i will i will completely confess there are a couple of people that i just don't really um i haven't dug into their their policies just because they don't some of them like pataki don't really even come up on my radar screen um but <laughs> Right. I mean, I don't think he comes up on anyone's radar screen, does he? Why is he still in the race? Um, um, but uh, Fiorina is one that I haven't really looked into a lot of her policies. Um, I do think it's interesting. I, I don't know if you've seen any of these these sort of poll things that that um, position polls that 
that spread them out on the political grid. And it, it's, it's wild how broad a range we have from a guy like Mike Huckabee to um, somebody like Pataki and everything in between from, you know, sort of right-leaning libertarian to, to Christian conservative to, you know, a fairly liberal candidate in, in Pataki. It's, so it's, it's interesting. With yeah. Uh, um, John, are you still I, there? Did we lose it, John? Hello. No, I'm, I'm still here. Go ahead, Ruben. Go ahead, Ruben. I I know a little about Carly. I used to work for H uh, for HP, and she was my boss. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So, awesome. Uh, I I think that the and I left before um, the the downsizing and the laying off <laughs> of people. That's the the part that that probably is gonna inflict some pain in her her campaign because they're gonna come after her. You know, if, if you can't manage uh, Hewlett Packard, how how do you expect managing and laying off people? You're gonna lay off all government workers or what? So I, I yeah, my my answer if I were her would be yeah, and I think I'm gonna start with the IRS when we put in a flat tax. Oh, I'm with I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Uh, I, so I she could to, she could to, sell layoffs in the government, you know. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. But I, I I did want to bring up uh, I did want to bring up the point about um, before I forget, you mentioned that the Department of Justice uh, under Obama is probably the people that are actually going after Hillary because they want Joe Biden to. I happen to disagree with you on that. I I don't I, I don't mm -hmm. believe for a minute that the Obama administration will have Hillary Clinton will put her in, in prison because that's going to reflect oh. on his, that's going to reflect on his uh, eight years of being the president. Oh, you hit on, I, I don't, I, I should have made that clear. I don't think she ever goes to prison. I don't think she ever does a day in jail. I don't think it even comes to a trial. I don't think it gets that far. I think it gets just bad enough. I think the discussions that are going on behind the scenes are discussions to the, to walk her out of the race. And if she walks out of the race and she steps into to, to virtual obscurity again and just makes her, her millions, you know, off the Clinton Foundation, um, right. uh, there'll be nothing more mentioned. I think it's just a, I think it's a pressure tactic that's that's used, um, you know, a hundred times a day, just under under much less of a hot spotlight in Washington. Um, right. Yeah, I don't. Th I, I agree with you, Ruben. I, I don't. She she never does a day in prison. Um, I just I could never see that happening. She, she always seems to escape. You know. Yeah. 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 She does. Um. um she's she's been maybe, at it. You know. Again, ask Vince Foster what what's going on um, with Hillary Clinton. That would be, a, you know. Yes. Um, um, you know, that's but, why uh, the next election, we want to know who can, you know, take her out. You know, which one of the Republican candidates? Yeah, you know, well, see, that's I don't I don't think it I I'm my you know I, I don't think it gets to that point where. I, I sat on a panel out at the um, um, Western CPAC, and it, it, I was blogging at the time. I was um, doing a guest writing spot on on, um, on a blog on the presidential race, and um, 
so I was invited to sit on a panel of, of bloggers and they asked about the, the presidential race. Um, this was the 2008 presidential race. And, um, and I, I sat on the, on the, on the uh, roster and said, Hillary Clinton won't be the nominee. This was a year and a half before. And she was way up in the polls and everybody, you know, I, they thought I was two heads and, and everything else. And, and, um, sure enough, uh, Obama came out of the, the, um, the whole thing and, and, and became president Obama and the rest is history. Um, this time around, I, I, I've been saying the same thing back then. My, my contention was it was because voters weren't willing to put Bill Clinton in the first lady seat. They sort of couldn't, couldn't bring that to, to some sort of, um, uh, settlement in their heads that you were making an ex president, the first ever first husband. So that's that was my main contention then. My my contention now is that I think most voters don't want to put Hillary in the presidency. I think there's just too many questions and her negatives are so so high. Sanders Sanders just doesn't have the negatives that that because he's kind of this somebody hit on it Ruben I think you said it this old 70 year old guy, you know, white hair, kind of a nice guy, you know, burn baby burn. Um, uh, as, as, as Sam, my mentee likes to hashtag feel the burn. Uh, you know, these are, these are, kind of, he's, he's doing, he's doing well. So I, I, um, so who do I, you know, the, so then the question becomes Dorian, I think in my mind, who's the best Republican candidate that we can field out of these 17. It's not necessarily who can beat Hillary because I don't believe that Hillary's going to be the, the the nominee. It's who do I think is the best of the seventeen, and I think we're still seeing that come out. I, if I had to throw my money on somebody right now and not say that they're coming out of it, but just you know I'm not handicapping the race. I'm just saying simply who do I think the best candidate would be? Um, I, I think I have to go with Marco Rubio. Um, just because he, you know, he, he, um, I, I think he's the best candidate we put up. I, I, he, he, he sort of ticks a lot of the bases. Um, um, he's Latino. We need to attract Latino voters. Um, he's, uh, very, very eloquent, comes out of Florida state. We need, um, as, as the Bush Gore race, uh, proved, um, and, uh, he, you know, he's got a lot of cross party appeal and that's, um, we can, we can dislike him on his stance on the immigration issue. Um, but, oh, yeah. but, but we're not, we're not, you know, necessarily everybody in the country. We're not the majority of the country. So if people can get over that, he's, you know, my 90% friend isn't my 10% enemy. Um, and, and look the other way on that immigration issue, they're going to find that Marco Rubio really is their 90% friend on, on, on most things. And I, I do think he's, I think he's probably the, probably the most solid I, candidate across the board. Yes, I thought of that too. Um, however, I thought about putting a, uh, Marco Rubio on the VP and Trump as the president. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Trump because he's he's very strong and uh, he doesn't come off as a guy that's 
that's liable to take crap from anybody. And I think you need that. Absolutely in that true. Position. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. Um, I, again, I'm not handicapping the race. I, I think I'm just saying that. You know, if I put, if I put in political experience, because when you get down and and Ruben's question about um, Hillary hitting Sanders and going on the offense is a good one. Um, Trump has just played offense. I mean, I'm not sure that he's he's really played any defense yet and had to get get whacked. He, I mean, he has, but, um, at some yeah, point, as from we Megan Kelly, down this, you're Megan Kelly, right. Who was on, who was yeah. on a mystery vacation for a week and a half or something. Um, right, right. It, it came up immediately. <laughs> like, it's just, um, I, I think here's the dynamic is we've talked about seven down to 10 and then to five and then to three. Um, if Trump's still there and I, and I do think he, he is, still standing towards the end because he's self-funding and he does tap into that anger that Americans have. At some point, at some point, there's a lot more time on stage for each of the candidates. And that no longer fills sound bites, but there has to be substance in there. And I start to wonder whether Trump, who has one political advisor right now, one general consultant, that's it, um, and a man who hasn't done much politics, hasn't done any politics, whether when it gets down to the technical aspects of the issues, whether he can hold a candle to Marco Rubio, who very much has a handle on the issues. Well, so, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, thank you, Doreen. I have to tell you that um, I've been following Marco for quite a few years, but, you know, Marco has come to shown me that he, he flip-flops quite a bit. First, he's against the, the wall. Now, he's for the wall. First, he was against mm -hmm. uh, E-Verify. Now, he's for E-Verify. You know, I, 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 I'm not, I haven't decided who I'm voting for. I mean, I, I, I like I like Governor Christie. I like, uh, I like Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you that uh, the conservative base and Hispanics, legal, legal Hispanics, mm -hmm. which are will not vote for Marco Rubio, will not, because uh, they, they just do not trust him at all. Now, inside the Bellway, inside the Bellway, I, can, I, can, I, I could agree 100% with what you're saying. They will go for Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio would be the poster boy that uh, Obama was in 2008 mm -hmm. at, on the Republican side. Uh, that's my... I, that's my you know, that's my analysis of how I, I see that. Uh, I, I tend to disagree in, in that uh, people are projecting him, uh, even for a BVP, I think he's still, he's still green in a lot. I mean, he's very, very articulate, and, and he's very good at foreign policy. But I think, I think you know, when it comes to immigration, which right now is the hottest topic, and, and, and it's been the hottest topic on our show for a long time. Um, I mean, Donald Trump brought Absolutely, I was about to say that. In my best Donald Trump, it's huge. It's it's huge. It's a huge issue. Um, you're, he brought it, to, but it's been banging around. So you're right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you, Ruben. I I you know I I, I do know he does flip flop. He has done that. Um, but you know we the last couple of times we put up um, 
we put up Mitt Romney. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, yes. Uh, not enough said. I mean, I don't. Um, um, you know, they used to. The friend friend of mine um, um, was very anti Mitt Romney, and um, used to hire a guy to walk around at CPAC with a with a, in a dolphin costume that that said Flipper Romney on it, and um, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's how well known he was for flip flopping. So, you know, yeah, it happens, but ultimately, it. I, I think we get lost. Um, you as 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 um, as political radio hosts and political, you know, daily political actors. Um, I as a as a as a uh, a lobbyist, a government relations guy, and 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 a, a political operative, a political a daily political actor. Um, get get lost in the fact that we know all these things and we pay attention to these things. And the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that elections are decided not by um, us. They're not but decided by the base even on either side. That that 20 percent out on the polls, you know, on the on the not polling polls, but on the polar ends of the of the political scale. Um, who who are involved in in giving money and and all that every day and and volunteer hours? We're not the people that decide elections. The people that decide elections are the sixty percent in the middle, who today are have no political kind of um, thoughts going on right now. Really, they're just they're raising their families and paying their mortgage and scraping to do that, and they'll start to pay attention. I don't know in six months in a year. Um, in September of of 2016, um, that's when they'll they'll sort of get on get all this on their radar screen, and um, those are the people that decide, and they don't even think about flip flopping and when what position somebody held and and this and that. They they check boxes. Is he good on this issue? Is he good on this issue? Is he good on this issue? And I think they have you know they have three or four issues that matter to them, and and I. You know, can tell you what those have been in in previous cycles, I, and I could predict what they would be in this cycle. Um, um, and I may or may not be accurate, but there's still something coming up. By the way, there's there's an issue, there's a hot button issue that we don't even know about yet. Um, and so they check those issues, and if the person fits, the person fits, and and that's who they go with in the end. Um, well, I you think know, so. It's, I, I think Jonathan, there's 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 a, there's a, another hot issue that the next president of the United States is going to be facing, which is going to be nineteen trillion dollars in debt. Yes. That's that's the price. That's the price that the winner of twenty sixteen will be getting. Mm-hmm. You you, <laughs> you are absolutely right, and that and really, you know, because I'm going to go back to my Milton Friedman thing, right? Um. I, because I am, um, I, I've gotten a text occasionally here from my my mentor, my mentee who's been mentioned before, has tried to call in and wants to question me. I guess I don't know, maybe the Bernie Sanders thing, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he wants to stand up for Bernie. Um, um, so you know, the, yeah, I think that it, going back to my Milton Friedman thing, that to me is the number one thing. Right. I mean, that's the we need to start to look at, um, at national debt and, and shortfalls and how do we create a better economy and how do we create better jobs? 
I will tell you that, that I am a believer. I, you know, I, I, I love this country and I, I love my home state and I love Providence. And, and um, but I'm one of those guys that you're not going to get me to say um, right now that America is the best country in the world because it's not. We're failing. We failed on so much. We're failing. We're failing on education. We're failing on 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 jobs. We're failing on um, uh, the economy, the environment. The, you name it. We're failing on 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 almost everything. And and we're not getting it right. And we're not. We don't seem to be trying to get it right. And all that comes down in the end to to this this economic debacle that we're in. And how do we how do we get out of that? And we need to focus on that. And if we can do that, we can create jobs. We can get a better economy, or we can get get a better education system. We can do all of it. You know, in the end result, it all comes down to money. And so you hit on it. Yeah. Somebody said to me, one of the reporters said, when I ran for mayor of Providence, you know, you're <laughs> you're you're going to get a city that's heavily heavily in debt on the verge of bankruptcy. That what you really want? <laughs> you know, it's this this is what you want to do with your life? Try and and. Yeah, I wanted to try and save Providence. So um, you do that, and that's why. Ultimately, I think that's why all these guys are in and gals and are in the the presidential race because they they love America, you know, and they want to yeah. they want to save it. And just um, one quick note before we go, um, I want to get your take on Chris Christie, who's in the race. Um, yeah, you know, you know, say it like it is. He he was the original. Say it like it is, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, he really, oh, um, I, you know, he, he's, um, he's an interesting guy. I, I I don't think he's going to be in the race very long. Um, I've, I've heard he's sort of contemplating bowing out. I, I almost think 2012, well, no, I don't almost think, I do think 2012 was his race. Um, that's when he should have gotten in. Um, I think, I think we as Republicans, um, actually I'm an independent now, but, uh, you know, um, I think we, we make too much of the, the famous hug, um, with president Obama. Um, the reality of it is he was doing everything that he could for his state and, a, and his job as a governor is to, to represent his state and get everything that he can for his state. Um, so we make too much of that. I, there are certain things I don't like his stances on, but he's the governor of New Jersey. He's governing governing as a as a Republican in one of the bluest states in the union. Um, that's worth something, and I think that's certainly worth something in a national race from a strategy standpoint. So, um, you know, I'd like to. I, I liked I liked him in the debate the other night. Some people didn't think he was all that, but. Um, I kind of like yeah. him. I, he's, you know. But I think what's plaguing him is Bridgegate over here. Um, yeah. That scandal has follow, followed him. You know, I mean. Yeah, I, it, I, and that's I mean, my, why, that would be my question back to you. Why you just tell the truth? You know, or just I, I know. say it like um, it is, you know. Yeah, we should so. learn as, as you know. Yeah, I, I always tell clients when I'm I, I do some crisis communications work, and I always tell them acknowledge it, embrace it, and move through it. You know, yeah, it yeah. happened. Okay, we're doing everything we can to change it, and now I'm going to get the hell out of the news cycle. And, and you know, with the old country music song, when you're going through hell, just keep going. Um, <laughs> yes. And, 
Right. Um, John, and, uh, I'm sorry, I got to I, I got to cut you because we're out of time. Um, no worries, no worries. Great yeah. talking to you both. Uh, uh, I, yeah, Jonathan, it was a pleasure. Uh, Thank right. you, Ruben. And, I, uh, and you're always welcome it. here. Likewise. I appreciate and, um, it. I appreciate it. All right. Yes, and, and um, folks, we are out of time. Um, and stay tuned to. Oh, and actually, um, uh, just a reminder: go to studentsforbetterfuture.com and please make a donation to the 501c3 nonprofit. Um, and uh, until next Tuesday, when we bring you some more current events, um, uh, have a nice evening. Good night. Good night. Good night.